back to Midlife at the Mailbox. I'm your host, Denise Rabat, and today we're talking about websites. If you own a small business or thinking about one, today's episode is for you. If you're a brand, I'd also recommend a site too. The better question is, what came first, the content or the website? Hmm. <laughs> We're going to get more into that today. According to 2021 statistics, around 28% of small businesses still don't have a website. That just baffles me. Uh, the pandemic may have driven more business owners to be more present in the internet space. However, not all small businesses have gotten there yet. This was me, actually, about a year ago when I turned to a friend and tested, trusted colleague to help me build my site. This friend also happens to be our normal co-host turned special guest for today's episode. I can't wait for you to learn all about her small business marketing truths for websites. Plus, stick around to the end so you'll hear all about the great SMB uh, tips around websites. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining me for another Midlife at the Mailbox. Over six years ago, during a chance meeting in our neighborhood mailbox, Two strangers met and a new friendship blossomed into something bigger. Although we no longer share mailbox, we're closer than ever in real life. This meet chance meeting in our neighborhood mailbox inspired a friendship, business relationship, and now a podcast. So come along and listen in. I can't wait to introduce our special guest for today. Hey, Amy. Hey, Denise. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on this side of the mailbox as well today. Yeah, now it's your turn. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> Uh-oh. I hope I do as good of a job as you did last week and in, in, in your element um, talking about your resumes in midlife. Oh, you're going to shine. I know this is your, this is your sweet spot. <laughs> I, I can't wait for our listeners to hear uh, with that, it's been two weeks and we're back on our schedules and uh, we've probably got a lot of midlife moments, right? There's a lot that happened the past couple of weeks. What's going on in your world? So yeah, we just got back from Myrtle Beach. Uh, we took a family vacation to see some friends that I had made uh, through one of my jobs many years ago. And what's funny with this is that we've basically maintained a virtual phone relationship since like 2015, I want to say was probably about when we met. Oh. Uh, and I think it's very interesting because even like you and I, right, you and I met and you were here 18 months and then moved back to California. And, you know, I find that many of my my closest friends don't live here in Chicago, but over the years, you know, it's become very easy to keep in touch with people virtually. Um, we make, I, and I, sometimes I think we make more of a point to get together, um, you know, when we do visit those, you know, particular areas. But um, long story short, we went to Myrtle Beach and uh, we had a fabulous, a fabulous time together. And we've done this now in various areas. They've come here to Chicago. When we were down in Florida, they visited us. And then we just went to their new home in Myrtle Beach. And just great. The kids have a great time together. The husbands have a great time together. And just lots of laughing, lots of drinking, Aww, <laughs> lots so of, just lots that's of a, fun. 
that's a good match. But I will say, I mean, I think that there's some truth to that. But I think, Amy, that's one of your superpowers, right? You have you do a great job of striking up new friendships. No, I'm being honest and serious. Um, you do a great job of striking up new friendships, but also maintaining them. I think when the energy's right or when the connection is yep. strong. So, uh, and you make the effort. Uh, you know, I think we joked a couple. A week ago, there's or a couple episodes ago, there's one picture of us. You know, we're probably not looking our our best. You were in town uh, for a bridal shower. You were in Southern California yeah. for a bridal shower, and this was, you know, like the, about a year ago, actually, um, this time. And yeah, and I saw you twice in that year. And I, there are friends that live like. 50 miles away from me that I hadn't seen that often. So, um, you know, I think that's just a testament to how um, connected you are, uh, you know, to your friendships that matter. So I think, you know, I think a little bit of that is is you, uh, uh, sorry, a little bit of that is just the the circumstances, but a lot of that is you and and Mike and Caleb too. You you like to travel and be adventurous too, though. Yeah. Um, Love you. (laughs) Love our time together. I know. And I, now I, we need to figure out where Denise and I are trying to figure out when, we're trying to get, I'm trying to get her to come to Chicago so that we could do like a big podcast day. You know, we could yeah, do like a big photo work. shoot. We could just yeah. have a big work day and fun day. And this fall, it's yeah. we're going to make it. We're going to make it. So, yeah. um, and, and but yeah. Too, Mike, yeah. Mike got it on the action too, right? I mean, he said uh, about uh, six years ago, like that Labor Day weekend, we went on a boat with Amy and Mike. And yeah. there's a picture of us and that kind of sparked our boating interest. We told that story back what date you're made. But um but anyway, it was it was a fun it was fun to see that flashback. So Yeah, it definitely um, was. And the kids were so little and I know. Little Chris was a baby. I was wearing was a baby. one of those carriers. So. <laughs> yes. What about you? What what if what did you had some fun stuff that I was seeing on your social media over the past few days? So yeah in August or or 2022 in general you know I hadn't been much of a concert goer even pre-COVID I just you know I hadn't made it there but this year I've been to a lot of concerts and and specifically last weekend that was Labor Day weekend and then the weekend prior to that I saw two concerts so this is my story is about the tale of two concerts right um the first concert I went to like in late August was uh an 80s rockers fantasy right uh was Motley Crue, Def Leppard, uh Poison, Jalen Jett, all those people playing in one night one stage at SoFi Stadium which is the big open air new NFL stadium here in Los Angeles. I never been. It was super fun. Um, you know, walking in there, you know, I mean, that that music was definitely, you know, popular during my early youth, like, you know, probably you know, 10 and below. And I loved it. I remember my parents playing it, brought back like lots of memories of being on the beach in Santa Cruz. Um, pour some sugar on me was you know, hot at the time. It was like 1987 <laughs> and you know, it was good times. Um I break and, out in a dance and 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 loud singing when I hear that song. Yeah, so. and the crowd, Still. and the crowd, yeah, and the crowd at that concert was, you know, obviously you know, older than me, 10, 20 years older than me, right? They were in their teenage years or their twenties or thirties, even, and now they are, you know, in their fifties, sixties, seventies. So my friends and I that went, we walked around. We were kind of on the young side. It felt good, you know. We're like, hey, <laughs> we're, we're we're not the oldest person in the room, and it was a really fun concert. But then the other side of the other concert, the tale of the other concert that I went to was last weekend, last Friday night, I went with another girlfriend uh, to see The weekend, right? The the pop artist oh. weekend at SoFi Stadium. And obviously The weekend is in his prime at this point. And, uh, you know, he's got, you know, hit album after hit album. And uh, he's super popular with, you know, 
know, everyone from probably 10 years old to, <laughs> you know, even my mom knows the weekend. So, hey, there you go. Uh, but, you know, at that show, though, I was, we, you know, we weren't the oldest people there, but we were definitely like, you know, hey, there was many more younger people than us and older people than us, right? And that's what it seemed anyway. So it was just kind of fun to be on both sides of the crowd and, and you know, seeing what it was like. And, you know, I'd say, you know, one would, someone was like, well, which one's better? What crowd was better? And it's just different, right? The 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 rocker, the rocker show or the 80s rocker show. I mean, they're like, two totally like, different demographics too, yeah. I feel like, of listeners. But I will say, we joked before the cons, before the Motley Crue Def Leppard concert that, like, we hope they made it to the concert, right? You know, the artists, because they're like 16 years old now. I mean, I give it to them. They sounded pretty good. They've been on tour for months, you know, all across the United States. Um, you know, but then versus The Weeknd, right? Who did sound amazing, right? He literally sounded like he did on the radio. It was, it was really, I commented on it when I was there. I was like, wow, like, there's just no difference. Uh, however, the second night, so he added a second show that Saturday night. Uh, three songs into the concert, he lost his voice and had to cancel, abruptly cancel the show on stage. So, oh my God. so uh, props to Molly Crew and Def Leppard for finishing their concert versus The Weeknd, who, you know, I mean, he's... <laughs> who did know, not? I mean, you know, he'll be fine and he'll get his voice back. And, you know, Molly Crew, you know... <laughs> Oh my God. Fell right off into the sunset. But, you know, anyway, it was just a fun dichotomy, right? But anyway. Well, fun, fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm exhausted from our weekend. We got back (laughs) late Monday night, but. As, as we talk about, right, that the, the it, it's just, it's just great. It's really great being with friends. It's really great. Just like getting out and dancing at the concerts. And I think, I, I truly think that one of the things that like, has if, if anything has come out of COVID is us realizing that what like life is too short and just like, take the trip, go to the show, see your friend, you know, get together, be out there, be present. Yes day. Yes day. Just your yes day. And just say yes. Like all of these, all of these topics that we've covered over the past 10 episodes. Um, yeah, just, you know, kind of with that and, you know, kind of jumping into what we we're, yeah. we're talking about today. I mean, you know, it's kind of like those concerts, right? Is it better to be on the younger side or the older side of the crowd? <laughs> uh, the same might be said for your online marketing, right? And kind of getting back to the... <laughs> Yeah, jump in, jump in. Topic of the day. What do you think? Is it, you know, it's kind of the age old question. Is it better to be on the cutting edge of the content or the web world or kind of stick with what's working uh, with non-web marketing, right? That's, you know, some of the things we're, we're going to chat on today. So let's see. Picture it. Chicago, Illinois, 2022. You're launching a small business. You're launching a small business selling, you know, insert product, whatever product it is. And you're just starting out. You feel like you have a unique product and a service and you have a lot to offer your community and you're already experiencing some sales via word of mouth or referral. Um, What do you think? Do you think that person needs a website or can they stick with what they're doing, right? Um, That's kind of, you know, what we're going to tackle today. So let's explore more of that, Amy, and what comes first, the content or the website? Aha, Denise, my favorite question. So I joke if I had a dollar for how many people have approached me about building a website, but didn't have content, I'd have like $100. But jokes aside about the $100, but not a joke about having content. So content is your number one greatest marketing tool. So write that down. Content is your number one greatest marketing tool. This episode, by the way, has a lot of good, like little Amy nuggets of wisdom. Um, 
that's my new like coined phrase for today. You'll hear me say it a few times. Uh, but content is your number one greatest marketing tool. Um, second to your community that is going to share that content. Um, but we're not talking about community today. We're really talking about content and your website. And what it allows for you to do is to take a soft approach to how you're selling and focuses on building that relationship, cultivating trust and nurturing that community that we just discussed uh, with true authentic stories. So to answer your question and share our first marketing truth for small business, the content definitely comes 100% before the website. Um Good to know. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of the same, you know, reminds me of, you know, last episode, we we're talking about, you know, uh, resumes in midlife, right? Is it the resume or is it the brand, right? Just like that, the brand comes before the resume, just like this, the content comes before the website, the thinking work, right? Correct, correct. So I want to just kind of define content marketing for any newbies or somebody out there that might not be as familiar. Um, content marketing is marketing that involves creating and sharing written and visual materials. It doesn't specifically promote a brand, but it does generate engagement in the product or service that the brand is selling. Um, so today we often view content marketing only through like a digital platform, like websites, blogs, email outreach, social media, but true content marketing actually existed long before the World Wide Web. So I actually did some, obviously, we always do some, we always do research prior to putting our episode together. And I, it, this took me back, right? So this went way, way back. But content marketing, like I said, existed long before the creation of the web. It just took on different forms. So an example of one of the earliest forms of content marketing was the printed publication of Poor Richard's Almanac that started around 1732. This was an annual publication. It was witty, offered a mixture of seasonal weather forecasts, practical household hints, puzzles, and other amusements. Um, Ben Franklin wrote this. which I actually didn't know, but maybe I should have. I don't know. My history is not my like most strongest suit. Um, but in our minds, it might not sound like it's modern content marketing, but at the time it was. Benjamin Franklin actually created the publication to promote his printing business. So it wasn't about the weather forecast. It wasn't about the hints, but what he did for his job. And it was an extremely popular in the era, often often selling about 10,000 copies per year. And this was in print for over 25 years. So it was really amazing, you know, how like the printing press, right? That invention, that was, that's, that's early content, right? Like the newspaper, putting your advertisements in the paper. And you wonder, it's a mystery, who is poor Richard if Benjamin Franklin was the creator, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he actually he actually published under a like a, a different identity. Pseudonym. Yeah. Yeah, yep. pseudonym. Just like this is like Bridgerton. Maybe this is where Bridgerton took it from. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Um so yeah, so I think content, as we talked about in 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 our mind today, is much more digital, but really it's anything that you are utilizing in order to promote your business, right? So anything that you're putting out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can you set the stage on where your obsession with websites, content, and small businesses began? Oh, okay. So my love affair with small businesses was truly born in about 2010. I was working at Groupon 
And I was tasked to build out a roster of prospective businesses in the Palm Beach County area. It spanned from Boca Raton to Jupiter, Florida. Um, and I was doing all of this from the comfort of my black office chair at the Groupon headquarters here in Chicago. So in your mind, you're like, how did you do that? So it's 2010. I had to surf the internets of places. I like to say internet sometimes when I'm speaking in, you know, in, in, in the, in the World Wide web. But the beauty was, like I said, I did all this research from research from Chicago and I had to dig and I had to find, and I had to do Google searches and I had to use the BBB. And once I created that list of businesses, I really, I needed to reach out and cold call the company. And so any business with a product or service was fair game. Um, I never once in the beginning of our like launch of the market, went to Palm Beach. I had not been there myself. I did not know the lay of the land. 20-something Amy did not know. I had been to Boca, but 20-something Amy did not know. Aside from Meisner Park in that area, I did not know the area. So that was a challenge, right? Is how do you how do you find businesses, restaurants, spas, salons, um, fun centers, theaters without actually stepping foot in, in that land. Um, and I had to, I had to, okay. I had to play detective. <laughs> and what did you find, right? What did you find when you, when you were able to look these businesses up? Yeah. So the novel concept Denise here is I, like I said, I use the internet and I searched up whatever particular business I was sourcing for the day um, and you have no idea how many of these businesses in the four years I worked there did not have a website or even much of a web presence. Um, even back in 2010, I always would joke that if the business couldn't be found online, it likely didn't exist. I still will say that to you today. Um, mm -hmm. However, if I could locate that Boca Raton restaurant all the way up in Chicago, it definitely makes your business look more credible all the way around. Um, right. I mean, you know, in your example there, right? I mean, you know, the Boca Raton restaurant you could find, you would, you know, in your instance here, you could contact them, reach out to them for an opportunity to work with Groupon, right? But that other Boca Raton restaurant that wasn't on the web, right, that maybe just gets, uh, you know, local traffic and, you know, advertising found on a newspapers. map. Yep. Yeah, they're just not, they're not being found and they're a lost business opportunity, right? Correct, correct. So I learned to be a really great detective and internet sleuth and working with small businesses. Um, and that is a skill I learned having over a decade of cold calling experiences on businesses to find the, the best angle to close that sale. So I share that story partly to show how far in 12 years technology has come and how, how truly easy it is for businesses to have a web presence. And the cost to host a website has decreased significantly. Um, That's good to know. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of people think that, you know, and I thought too, like, oh, what's it going to cost me to host this, build this, you know? And so, um, and I said, it's not, it's, it's very reasonably priced. Right. So if someone is just starting out, right. Uh, what type of small business should explore, should, what type of small business should explore having a website, right? Yeah. I think that's great. kind of a gimme, but you're, it would be all of them, right? But tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. So yes, any, any business. Um, but before I answer that, I'm going to pause and I want to tell you listeners to take out a piece of paper, open your notes section on your phone. Listeners, 
Are you ready? Because there's a lot of great nuggets of Amy wisdom coming up in the rest of this episode. All right. So do, 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 do. All right. Got your pen and paper. So as I just shared, anyone really could have a website. If you are a business, you must certainly should have a website. If you yourself are the brand. So we've talked about with resumes in in midlife, you are yourself as the brand going out and finding, you can even have a website, even if it's just a landing page, something that tells the customers three things. What is your offer? How will it help the customer survive and thrive? And how do you connect or do business with that particular business? Let's repeat that again. So what's the offer, right? What are you you providing? What service, what product, what are you selling, right? Correct. Um, And then next was how to help, how will you help somebody, right? Um, What are you, what are you bringing to the table, right? And then, um, or what do you, how do you do it different, right? And how do you let them succeed or like you said, thrive? Um, And how do you, how do you connect? How do you do business, right? How do you contact them? Yep. And so it's almost like it's so easy. A caveman can do it. Thinking of it Mm -hmm. in that respect is like, if it passes some sort of test, like what's, what is it that I could, what, what is it that I'm selling? So for me, I am today on this website, I'm selling, or on this podcast, I'm selling websites. How is it going to help the customer, you, the the listeners survive and thrive? Well, you're going to know where it is that you can, that you can buy my service, how it's going to help your business grow how, you know, all, all of those different things and how to connect with me. So you're going to schedule an appointment on my calendar. You're going to walk into my business. You are going to buy something online. So all of those different things are kind of very minor answers to what it is that your website should do within the first five seconds of that prospective customer visiting you. Right. And I mean, coming from a corporate side, I'll just say when I started this process and working with Amy, she, you know, kindly offers her services to me. Uh, and after we had worked together too with coaching, you know, her on her, you know, journey and, and I, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, it has to be perfect, right? It has to look like, you know, it has to look like target.com or it has to like look at like it has to look a certain way. But is that really the case, Amy? Especially if you're a small business, you're just starting out, you're not target, you are you know, DR career coaching or whatever it is, right? Right. And so I, I think that's a great question. So I I think from a look standpoint, websites are always going to be the first impression. So you want it to look good, right? You want someone to, it's just like if you're meeting somebody in, in real life, you want them to get a positive impression on your business or even on yourself. And so the visual piece to your website, that's that's the easy part. It's making sure that you are able to capture that audience within the first few seconds of them visiting and allowing them to know what it is that you are offering and what it is that in, in what it is that they do. So it's often just having like a big bold header on your website. It's often um, having that very easy call to action right on the top portion of the uh-huh. website. Um, so that when someone is scrolling, you know, beyond the scroll, that information below, not as important. They're going to get there, but really right when they open your site, they should be able to know what it is that you do, how to connect with you and how is it going to help them? 
I feel like so many, I listen to a lot of podcasts where, you know, entrepreneurs or solopreneurs are talking about when they just started out, right? And lots yep. of them do talk about, you know, putting up their own website, whether it's in, uh, you know, Canva or GoDaddy, just doing something so simple. And then, you know, and then they really got a lot of, and, you know, they got a lot of traction just off, you know, what they were offering, right? And then they eventually upgraded and, and got something looking, you know, a little bit more consistent with, you know, the brand that they wanted. But that was kind of like me too. I started out on Canva trying to do my own thing. And I said, what do you think of this? And then you're like, all right, I got it. <laughs> and so we put so, it together. And I, and I think like, it's a matter of coming up with your colors, what it is, you know, how do these colors speak to you mm-hmm. as the business owner? Is this, is this helping kind of tell my story? And really just putting out the basic information. And that is at the, at the, at the first piece of it. That is what I would tell you. Because if you come to me and you say, I need a website, I'm going to say to you, that's fabulous. What do you have to put on your website? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to display? Do you have pictures? Do you have things like that? You want beyond just like the text, but we're very visual and, uh-huh. you know, video, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of stock images that you could pull from. So don't get totally hung up on, on all, on, on all of the content. But I think the biggest piece is making sure that you've got those, those key components and we've got some content there to back up what it is that you're, that you're trying to promote. So on your website, we've got what it is that you do right? If you visit drcareercoaching.com, we have what it is that you do. Um, We have a picture of a girl hiking. So it's kind of like making that connection from, you know, one side of the mountain to the other. There's, you know, it's, it's just kind of like feeling in your groove, getting back into it, kind of getting into that transition mode. Um, And then we have a call to action as it is, you know, how they can get in touch with you so that they can make an appointment. And then there's, you know, if you keep scrolling, there's, there's your steps, right? So it's so easy. Step one, step two, step three, go. Yeah. And Amy really helped me articulate all that and visualize that. She's really good with graphics. And so that was just, it was all nice. Uh, all nice to put that all together in one piece and to have that, you know, subject matter expert uh, to, to help guide me through that. But let's say you don't know Amy, right? You're not as lucky as me and you can call Amy a friend and neighbor um, and a co-host. But what does it take in 2022 to have a website? I know you've got this, you know, three things. So tell us what those three things are. So yeah. So you need a domain name, number one, a domain mm-hmm. name. So the domain number name one. is mm-hmm. the name of your website. It's your web address. Um, so the domain name for midlife at the mailbox, www.midlifeatthemailbox.com. You can buy domains from Google. You can buy domains directly from GoDaddy. Um, you can buy domains from, uh, many different places. You literally can Google purchase a domain and you could buy the name. Um, and then you take that name and you import it into the platform that is going to host your domain. So the platform is number two. The second thing that you need, so you need a platform to host your domain. So I work in a platform called Duda. Uh, it is a very easy system to use, but also extremely customizable. Um, there's GoDaddy, Wix, Squarespace. There's so many different website platforms that can host your site from very, very easy things to put together to um, 
sites that require so much more coding and HTML that is like beyond my scope and full transparency. Um, and then the third thing is you need content. So content could be the copywriting, content could be imagery, content could be video, content could be infographics. The list goes on and on and on of the things that you need to kind of pull your website together. Right. And the content can start small, right? It doesn't yep. have to be, you know, your Absolutely. whole offering. It doesn't have to be the end all be all, right? Just having something to start out. Um, and just to clarify for listeners that may not be as um, astute in some of the technology terms, <laughs> uh, what is a platform? It's a type of software, right? So maybe you can um, just expand on that a bit. Yeah. So it's going to be the place that is going to host where your website is. So for example, I work in a site in a platform called Duda. So I would go to Duda.com, D-U-D-A. Actually, I think it's Duda.co. Um, and you pay a couple bucks a month. It's more than a couple bucks, but it's like say 20 bucks a month. And that is the, that is the engine that's going to drive your website. That gives the ability for the, the domain is one piece, right? The domain Correct. is like the address, how to find you. And now, Correct. now if you're using an analogy of a house, right, then the platform is actually displaying and, and viewing the house, right? Correct. Um, exactly. So, Where are you And then the content's within the house, right? So Correct. Um, okay. All right. Well, so we got that. So domain. Good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> domain, platform, and content. So, Okay, so it sounds like good news that you don't have to be a budding graphic designer or software engineer to build your website or spend tens of thousands of dollars on building a site. Um, that's good news, right? I was I was yeah. happy to know that myself and because I was really happy with the way mine turned out just based on where I was with my business at the time. So because that's a huge improvement uh, from 2010, definitely from like the early 2000s, right, where it used to cost thousands of dollars to put yes. even the most basic website. Correct. Um, so would and you I think that's that? scary. And I think that's something that scares people off from making mm. a website today is they still think it's so costly and so expensive to have a website. So yeah. I would I would agree with that. Um, is that you don't have to be a budding engineer or have you know all of this background um, to build your site. Now it depends on what you need. If you need a target.com type website, yes, you're gonna need more you know, you're going to need to have a different person building out your site. But for most of the mom and pop operations out there that need a web presence that, you know, just want to be able to have a, a restaurant that wants to be able to um, showcase their menu for a spa that wants to be able to show their services for a um, career coach that wants to be able to show their offerings. A, a website like one that I potentially could build for you is is very easy and very affordable. And then there's a lot of different what we call plugins. So there are pieces that you can attach essentially to your website that allow you to do other things. So that you could add um, you could add shopping carts. You could add if you go to our midlife website. We have a locked area for you um, for any of our downloads because for us, you know, our biggest piece is understanding who our listeners are, who's coming to our, our, and so we are, the thing that you're giving to us is your email address so that we can continue to keep in touch with you. And then in exchange for email address behind this, you know, kind of locked area, we're going to give you a piece of content, you know, to take back home with you. Um, so it's very affordable, as we've been saying, to have a website. There is a phrase it called- It would be like the basic introductory rate, right? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a phrase that I that that in, that industry will 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 say it's called WYSIWYG. So basically, it's what you see is what you get. Um, temp types of templates. Uh, for a low rate, typically, I'd say on average around twenty dollars a month. It could be plus or minus. Minus, you could work within a platform and have a truly functional website for your business. Um, the platform that I shared with you that I use starts with various templates, but they are a hundred percent customizable. And then I can also build pages from scratch and then I can add various HTML code. So for example, when we do our updates for our podcast and I import a little sound clip from our, our, um, podcast hosting company, I actually put that in, in a block, right? So it's a section that I move in um, with that code that's given to me and it sits on that website. And so that's how we are able to have the attachment of our podcast sitting on our website. And there's a little player that goes around with it. So somebody much smarter than me created that code and then I'm able to import it into our website. Um, Did you... Yeah, and I was going to say, um, and Amy, how did you learn all these things, right? Like, I'm always amazed at, at what you did. Were you, were you trained in this? I was, in full transparency, I was not trained in this. So this is something that over the years I have 100% taught myself and still learning every single day. So when we, a few weeks ago, when we did our first episode where we were adding the, um, the, the locked, like behind the, you know, uh, the password, not passwords, but where you had to put your information in. That was something that I had to research prior to being able to put on the website. Uh So I, you know, I am at a point where I'm doing this on my own, but I'm also still learning and very excited to, you know, help businesses meet the goals that they're looking to do with their website and whatever capacity that might be. Yeah, and I asked you that knowing the answer, because I think what's, you know, when Amy's in her flow, she loves like she does. Obviously, she does all the midlife at the mailbox, uh, you know, website updates, and she loves working to display brands, right. And so that's she's in her flow. She loves doing that. Sometimes I think, oh, I should be helping more. I'm like, no, she's, she really does enjoy <laughs> doing it. And it's, it's something learned, right? It was not something that probably came natural to her. I mean, she has a knack for it, but she just kind of sat in there and kept plugging away, right? And I find that she does that a lot, just in everything, right? Sometimes I call and I, I can't do this about something. And I think I'm like, you know, decently tech savvy. I mean, And in like, my mind, I'm like, this is like the easiest thing, but it's, yeah. it's not. And the more that I talk to people like a few weeks ago, and I might have, I can't remember if I said this in our podcast a few weeks ago, but um, I was talking with a parent on my son's hockey team and and she owns a business and I know that she, mm-hmm. I know that she listens. So she'll probably get a kick out of, you know, being, <laughs> you know, being, uh, being shout, uh, given, given the shout out, but, Name you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she said something to me about, you know, uh, about websites and she said something to me about, you know, uh, about, you know, content and, you know, she's like, you just like seem to like really like grasp this and like really understand it. And I'm like, I do. I, I, I do. I'm certainly, like I said, I, I don't feel like I'm like the end all be all expert of this. Like I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of research and it's a lot of trial and error. And, you know, if, if this is not something that, you know, brings joy to you, then there are people out there that can allow you to still experiencing it and get your design and get everything across 
Um, but you're just like in the passenger seat, right? Someone else is driving it. And I think for what you and I experienced, Denise, is that, um, you know, there's a lot that I'm teaching that, that I feel like I'm teaching you too. And, and vice versa, right. From the, even, even so much as like, I feel like I am a, a fairly good expert in branding, but when it came time to doing it for myself, for my own business, I still needed the guide, the guidance of you. And even for my own A2 business, I actually, I I do work with someone as well. I have a business coach and she and I hold, you know, she holds me accountable for certain tasks and, you know, and, 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 and making, you know, and moving the needle forward because you still always, there's always like someone that you want to grow and aspire to, you know, to be like, you know, and I think there's there. Yeah. So anyways, off on a yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and I think the message here is too in this overall website conversation, online marketing conversation, if you are a small, small businesses, yes, you could put something up at relatively low cost, right? $20 yeah. a month, you could get, you know, some sort of free template, get something functional up, see if, you know, your business model is proven. And then, you know, then eventually maybe find someone like Amy or Amy and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and build something that's, you know, getting to that result a little quicker, or that might be, you know, visually a bit more appealing, right? But there's all different levels, right? So exactly. Um, and there's all different ways to do it. So I know I wanted to get up in line as quickly as possible, just the goal of mine, I just really wanted to get that website up and made me feel legitimate, even though there was like, two other mentors behind me saying, you don't even need a website, you know, just start an offering, put on your LinkedIn. But to me, I needed that website to feel legitimate. And so Amy helped me do that much quicker than I would have and with a lot less pain and suffering on reading a lot of FAQs. Um, but you know, and we're, and, and, and I want to talk, we're going to talk about some of Mm -hmm. that too, is, is what your kind of your coaches were sharing is just put it up on LinkedIn, but, and I, and and I'm going to cover that in a little bit, but it's, it's more than just putting it up on LinkedIn, right? Because where, where's the go from there? So, um, so we're going to grab our notepapers again, right? Because we're going to grab our notepapers again, because I've got, I've got six, um, what do I have? I've got six nuggets of wisdom, in my opinion, from a what most small businesses really need on a site. Um, so again, grab your notes and paper for some Amy or, wisdom, or take or take note of where we are in the timestamp on this on the yes, website. You can that's listen perfect. to it again and again <laughs> and again and again and again. Um, help our help our downloads. So uh, okay. <laughs> So for my Amy wisdom right now, in my opinion, most small businesses really need a site that has five to six pages. Okay. So you're going to break those down, right? I'm going to break those down. So page number one, a homepage, which allows, as I shared earlier, in five seconds, the potential customer to know and understand what it is that you offer and how it will help them survive and thrive, as well as how to do business with you. So a homepage, number one. Page number two, an about us page, about me page, about the business page, but typically an about something page that tells your potential customer who you are and what makes you an expert in your offering. Um, Number three, a contact us page, which allows your potential customer the ability to contact you and do business with you. Number four, a service menu page, which allows your potential customer to know more about your offer. If you are a restaurant, you need a menu with pricing. If you are a service business, what are your service offerings? Number five, a testimonial reviews page. Now, five and six are kind of my optional pages because if you are a business that is just starting, 
you may not have testimonials and reviews. But I think it's a great page to have if you have a business that has collected reviews from your customers. They can be in quote blocks that you've taken directly from Google or Yelp, or even from a text message that a customer has shared with you. Um, If you are a service business like a home builder or realtor, video testimonials inside a customer's new home or office are always a good idea. Plus, video ranks very high in the Google algorithm since you have to host it typically through YouTube. Uh Um, And then number six would be a blog. And I say, don't get scared here. If you are in a service business, for example, a blog is a great idea to share thought leadership and a place where your potential customers can learn more about working with you and what you value. This space can also be used to share case studies or a finished product. So for Denise, for example, her next goal, and she and I have talked about this, is building out a blog so that she can share her thought leadership on career coaching. And it's taking um, case studies. It's taking individual, like she could even put up um, the resume template that she was giving out on midlife in the same type of capacity where someone would need to log in in order to grab that piece of information. But she could compose a blog that links off to it. So there's lots of, I can go on and on and on, and I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but there are so many different things that the blog can be useful for. Um, in addition to taking that content, ah, oh, there's that word again, and being able to utilize it and repurpose it in other, in, uh, in other areas of your um, kind of your marketing plan, if that makes cool. sense. So wow. I'll read, I'll, I'll say that again. Just real quick, a homepage, an about us page, a Uh contact us page, a service menu page, a testimonials Uh slash reviews page, and a blog. Awesome. All right. Okay. There we are. (laughs) Those are the the, the elements, right? The, The the structure of the house, right? Exactly. Those are those are that is the framing of your website. Cool. You're speaking my language from my love of the home building space. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, so do you ever hear Amy from like small, small, medium business owners or SMB? I think we referred to that term earlier if you hadn't heard it yet, but small to medium business owners, do they have a Facebook page or I think I mentioned LinkedIn page or an Instagram, right? Why do they need a website if they have one of those things, right? Or a TikTok. Let's get, you know, let's get. Let's get on to TikTok. (laughs) Something else I'm learning about guys. I just recently added that. Yes. A social media marketer who does not go on TikTok. I, yes. Anyway, side note, but yes, all the time I do hear that question. And as I pointed out, when you had made the comment about your business coach on LinkedIn Social media is fabulous. It's a great place to be. But what is your call to action on those posts? Are you trying to engage your community? Are you trying to sell a product or service? Are you trying to gain authority? The answer, number one, should be yes to the above. But you need a place to send those community members. And that place, first and foremost, is your website. Um, I'm working with a business right now. And we're on social. And his social media is growing He has a brick and mortar location that someone physically can go in and buy. But time and time again, I want to link to a website and we're in the process of revamping and redoing his website and it's not there yet. And to me, that's like a pain point because I want to naturally send 
the customer to the website, because I think that that's a great place to start. And it's like, hey, visit us online and check out all of the new XYZ that we're offering. Visit us here, you know, versus always saying, hey, come stop into the shop. But yes, his brick and mortar location is a great place to be. But sometimes I just, I want to connect them to the website because there's pertinent information that should be stored there, if that makes sense. Um, And you want to be able to, and you want to be able to send somebody someplace. Um, so as I shared earlier, the website is your first impression of a business. If you have a site that is old, outdated, it's likely that your prospective customer will also think that your business is old and outdated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I come from um, the building industry, as I just shared, just said a couple minutes ago. That's where I've really spent the past hmm, since like 2014 um, in, in my space. And Talk about an industry that has not really morphed into 2022. Many, many builders are doing, many of the builder, bigger builders are definitely embracing the technology, but a lot of the mom and pop customs have not quite gotten there yet. And so they're still showing websites that they built in the late 2000s. And like 2008, 2010, 2011, that are not responsive, meaning that they don't scale to any of your devices when, when you look at them. And to me, if I'm, if I'm going to make such a large investment in a home, right, I want to make sure that my home is built to today's standards and built to today's technology. And if a builder can't get on the board, just for example, with having a in in uh, in style website that's probably uh-huh. not the right word but the website for today how can i be sure that that business is going to be able to support the purchase that i'm going to make does that make sense oh yeah absolutely i mean yeah it has to have the whole package right especially has depending to have the on whole what package. kind of business you are yeah right? for sure they make a large purchase you're not just buying like you know the latest stuffy off of like you know stuffysrs.com right you know when you're making investing in a, a home right it all just depends right so exactly exactly how much but, level you're making. exactly but you definitely just don't you don't want your website to be old and outdated you want people to be able to find out exact exactly what i've shared earlier what it is mm-hmm. that you do how could they purchase how is it going to help me um and you don't need a huge budget to- Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I imagine yeah, you're just just relying on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or social media to like to to actually run your business or to you know be your web presence could be potentially limiting um, because there are constraints that those sites put on. Correct. You know, not everybody's on and, those sites. Yep, and not everybody's and on those sites. And it's co- right. It's constantly changing too, right? I mean, you know, I think that a lot of these content creators got thrown for a loop. Maybe it was a month ago when Instagram decided to like thought they were going to pivot more to video and, you know, and everyone started to freak out, especially all of these people who are, you know, posting link, you know, or, you know, like to know links and things like that. That's their yeah. business, right? It's a business model. And it was only until the Kardashians like made a big stink that they decided, well, we'll, we'll you know, we'll let the post come, you know, images come back a little bit more so far. So, yeah. you know, so you don't want to be privy to, you know, the whim of, of another company's ideas and beliefs, right? If Correct. 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 Um, so yeah, bottom line, don't be outdated. Websites are so affordable now um, as it is. And developing content also is very affordable. And you can do so much just with that thing that you hold 
every single day, all day in your hands, your smartphone, um, mm-hmm. that you don't need a huge marketing budget to make a big impact on your business's bottom line. Well, this has been awesome, awesome information, Amy. I know that these Amy nuggets of truth uh, or Amy <laughs> nuggets of wisdom or Amy truths are going to be super helpful for so many of our listeners out there. Um, and with that, you know, we've, we've kind of got on this uh, bandwagon of giving some things away, right? Sharing our wisdom, giving back to the Midlife at the Mailbox community. So Amy is offering a free download on the Midlife at the Mailbox website. Um, you can access to determine if your site needs an update or a refresh or you know, what's the difference between the two, right? So, you know, check out our show notes for the link. I think you're going to be super excited um, to get that information and, and share that even with someone, you know, who might be considering it. Share this episode, share that, uh, share that link to the download, right? We're just, we're just really trying to give back here. Awesome. Awesome. So that is a wrap on our episode this week. Thank you as always for being here. We will be back in two weeks for what we hope will be another insightful episode of Midlife at the Mailbox. In the meantime, if you want more, please reach out and schedule time with me on my calendar. I'd love to chat about all things content and website design. We can go on all day and how we can work together to support your business. If you like what you're hearing on Midlife at the Mailbox, please scroll down and leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Please share our show with a friend too. Like that's where we get so much joy too out about hearing that. And we have so much fun producing and editing our show. We want to make sure you're loving it too. So check out our show notes for any links and downloads. And please join our community on Instagram, Facebook uh, with the tag name at Midlife at the Mailbox. See you at the mailbox. See you at the mailbox, guys. Bye. Bye.